today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Well, we are uh, less than a year away from the next federal election, and uh, both uh, Andrew Shear and uh, Justin Trudeau say this could be one of the uh, dirtiest and uh, roughest and, uh, well, most vile elections. Well, that really sets the tone, doesn't it? After both of them said they were going to take the high road. Uh, and it looks like the Conservative Party appears to be gearing up for a fight with news outlets as part of the 19, uh, 2019 electoral strategy. Uh, Andrew Shear had an op-ed piece published in the Toronto Sun a little while ago uh, that basically says that uh, the media is the problem here and the media doesn't give him enough treatment, enough fair treatment, and that they tend to favor the Liberals. I mean, we've heard this song before. And as I mentioned in my editorial earlier this morning, it's, it's not unusual for politicians to complain about media coverage. I mean, every politician I've ever known says, well, just wants the media to say nice things about them and bad things about their opponents. I mean, that's, that's get that. But uh, to always you know, start to throw the media on the bus, it's very much like it's turned right out of the Donald Trump playbook. And, and by the way, uh, I can see where Shear's getting this from because, I mean, his, his old boss, Stephen Harper, uh, was famous for this. But is the, uh, is this whole idea about anybody who dares, who has the temerity to actually you know, say something contrary to their political party or their ideas, is all of a sudden an enemy of the people. I mean, I, I'm getting tired of hearing this narrative. I really am. Uh, certainly, it's, it's gone to insane proportions south of the border, and it bothers me, and it should bother all of us, that it's being perpetrated on this side of the border. I want to bring Richard Brennan into the conversation. Richard, of course, is a retired journalist now, but he spent many years covering Queen's Park and Parliament Hill, and uh, always a, a welcome guest here on the program. Richard, great you could join us today. Thanks so much for the time. Hi, Bill. You're an enemy of the people. Yeah, well, again. And now, you've been called a lot of things in your time. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard them complain about the media before. This is new to you, isn't it? Oh, God. We, we, he said sarcastically. Yeah, it's, it's just, uh, well, I... For sheer, I think it's frustration uh, at many levels. I mean, give, the government always gets more ink than the opposition. That's just the way it is. Uh, the, you know, the reporters will go to the opposition to, you know, get their say on whatever particular bill is brought in or something. That, but that would be, the government is bound to get more coverage. It's just the way. You know, the well, because they're the ones that introduce legislation. They're the ones that develop yeah, policy. I mean, they're, they're, they're the ones that the hands on the lever of power. But I think his frustration is that Sheer is pretty convinced, I think, in his head that he hasn't got much of a chance this election. And with, you know, not having a chance means that it could be goodbye, Mr. Shear. And he's also looking, you know, at Maxime Bernier nipping at his heels. Maxime Bernier might not, you know, get that much support, but it'll be enough to drive a wedge into the Conservative Party. And, and that's the worst. They, they've gone through this before uh, and experienced it before when, you know, the voting amongst themselves is split. So I th- this is his concern. So I, I think reaching out and attacking the media is more out of frustration than reality. But is this really just a play to his base? I mean, in his heart of hearts, does he really believe this? Well, he, I'm sure he's got people around him uh, telling him that, oh, you have to push back. They're just so mean to me. Well, you know what? I'm not going to cry myself to sleep tonight worrying about Mr. Shear or, 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 you know, or Mr. Tudeau. It's just that's the way coverage 
goes. And if they can't, if they are so so thin-skinned, and if they're so myopic that they can't see further than their nose, then, you know, maybe they're in the wrong business. But, Richard, it's it's not based in, in reality. I mean, you know, for instance, Shear's op-ed piece in, in The Sun uh, it was was rather interesting because he says that uh, that the, the media, quote unquote, and they, you know, put everybody under the same umbrella, of course, uh, favor Justin Trudeau over Stephen or over uh, Andrew Shear. Uh, were they favoring him when they started to tear Trudeau apart about his vacation with the Aga Khan or his trip to India or his uh, handling of the accusations of sexual misconduct or or, or the the you know the business uh, tax uh, uh, revamp that was supposed to happen? I mean, the media tore Trudeau and the government apart about that. Where 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 all of a sudden is the favoritism? I don't see that. Well, yeah, and his handling, you know, mishandling, uh, Trudeau's mishandling of the pipeline. Oh, good. We got there's a long list of stuff, and the media's been all over him for it. You know, it's you know, it's just simply, you know, I, I again, I go back to they're frustrated, and they they want to lash out at somebody, and why not the media? You know, they're they're you know an easy uh, whipping boy for lack of a better expression, and. You know, we saw we saw what happened with Harper. Harper was, you know, was big on slamming the media, exoriating the media every chance he could get, and people got tired of it. Not t- tired of the slamming the media, slamming critics, slamming anybody that got in his way, and running over them. And that's one that I believe, to, you know, very much in my heart. That's one of the reasons he was defeated because people just got sick of it. Well, here's the reason why I think the whole thing is disingenuous, and and maybe one of the reasons that Shear is doing this. Well, two reasons, obviously. obviously like I say, he learned from Harper about this, but it, Trump played this card very well, and 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 that's rather frustrating too. That that you know he's the enemy of the people. His latest tweet this morning: the media is the enemy of the people. But but here's the thing, especially well related to this side of the border. Uh, there's plenty of opportunity. Uh, I mean, while Harper was vilifying the news media. He was happily going and talking to Sun Media or to the National Post or going on to Fox News down in the States. He didn't have a problem with the media. It's media that disagree with him, yep. that have the temerity to say, I think you're wrong on this, that those are the ones that he vilifies, but he calls it the media. But there's a very strong contingent. I mean, even the op-ed piece that Shear put together, he did it in the Toronto Sun. Of course he did. Which traditionally, of course, is a, is a, a, a newspaper that... that always vilifies anything liberal and always gives safe haven to anybody conservative. And that's fine. That's that's their attitude. That And, and you know that going in, you get that. Uh, the National Post just celebrated its 20th anniversary. Uh, it's it's a right-of-center newspaper. We have that media. This BS you hear that the the, the media favors liberals. There's oh, the, it's, the left-wing media. I mean, it's it's total it's, crap. It's, it's nonsense, and it's always been nonsense. But it's, it's something, you know, don't look at no, don't look at my problems with leadership. Look over there. Look over at the media. They're they're the real problem, you know. And this enemy, the state, and nonsense. It it has been going on though, Bill, forever. And this right now, following on the heels of the the tact that Trump is taking, it's not even it's not even original. I mean, Trump's, Trump's been doing this, you know, and now they're going to follow in his footsteps. At least be novel in your approach or original in your approach. No, they've got to copy what they think is working down in the United States and try and make it work here. Well, Canada is not the United States. And I don't think, quite frankly, 
it will have much take up. There's there's another issue I want to get your opinion on here, Richard. And I, and I was just talking with a listener about this on email just a little while ago. Is is when people are dismissive of that and saying that you know they, you know he's right about this because there's a bias. Uh, people are conflating two elements about this. There are reporters and there are journalists and commentators uh, in the media. And maybe maybe that wasn't the case years ago, but I, I tried to think back even 30, 40 years ago. There were always columnists uh, that wrote about things. They weren't necessarily reporting. They were commenting on the news or commenting about what governments were doing. Uh, and, of course, those are going to be opinionated. Of course they are, but you guys, that's what those people get paid to do. And there's a plethora of them on both sides of the political spectrum. Well, it's gotten to the point, quite frankly, with, with you know, and, and I'm speaking on both, both sides, that some of the columnists have just lost perspective. I mean, there's great columnists, and there's columnists that think they have to kiss the derriere of whatever government's in power, and I just don't understand that, I, you know, particularly if they favor a certain party. But for the most part, I'll tell you, I would, I would tell you, from my experience, that reporters go out every day and do their best to get both sides. Do they always? No. Nobody's perfect. But I'll tell you, I would say, on the whole, that reporters walk a very fine line between whatever, if you're covering politics, whatever uh, government's in power, who's opposition, etc. They do their best. And it, they may not write favorable things about you, be it the opposition or government. Well, that's just the way it is. And again, if, if you can't, you can't accept that. You can't, if you, if you don't know how the democracy works, well, then maybe you should look for another job. I mean, you know, was the media biased when they went after the McGinney and Wynn governments about the handling of the gas plants? I mean, when they went after them about the orange scandal? That, that, that was a bias that conservatives could live with, but they can't live with what anybody that says something contrary to what they want to see. Well, I know that we, you know, work for the star, as you know, and we're, you know, always accused of being the red star and the liberal star and that. Nobody went after them, the, the McGinty government, and subsequent governments who had to handle that more than the Toronto Star did. Well, the Star uncovered that. most of that. Yes. But you never hear that. <laughs> So this is why this whole thing is bogus about a bias. Uh, there are opinion pieces. There are opinion pieces on, 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 like you say, the Toronto Sun. There are opinion pieces in the Toronto Star. There are opinion pieces on this radio station. But there are news reports on this radio station. And, and people want to take little bits of this to try to justify their, their point of view on this. And, and social media, obviously, is, is a factor in this whole thing, Richard, because you, it's easy for you to just you know, throw something up there, post something on, on, on Twitter or on Facebook, and simply, you know, it doesn't have to be factual. And God knows there are enough sources now of, of false news. I don't use that other expression that gets uh, used down in the States. But of false news. But you can always find something on, on the Internet that's going to validate your point of view. Well, the pro- one of the problems is, and, and I, I understand how readers get confused sometimes, but an opinion piece is just that. And it's always, you know, titled an opinion piece, or if it's a columnist, you know it's an opinion piece. But a lot of people don't differentiate that between new, that and news. Therein is much of the problem. But with, whose with fault is that? Well, I I don't know what more you know what more you can put on a story and say it's an opinion piece or somebody's column to illustrate that the fact that it's it, what you're going to read from henceforth 
is an opinion. But, I don't know. But, but, but you know, the, 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 the consumer of that news, of that information, or of that opinion piece, uh, has to do their own homework and understand that. And, and at the same time, uh, you know, I'm, I'll go back to a statistic that I saw a little while ago. This is just true right across North America. I think it was 78% of the people that were polled read only things in the media or on social media that's, that validate their opinions. In other words, they don't want to expand their horizons. They don't want to hear contrary points of view. They just want to hear stuff and see stuff and read stuff that's going to say, yeah, you're right, those guys are evil, and you, your team is right. Yeah, they, they live in an echo chamber. I mean, that's exactly what what the situation is. And that goes on both sides of the spectrum. Oh, no, absolutely. No, quite frankly, absolutely, yes. But getting back to, you know, what Shear's doing, I think it's, if he takes that approach, I think it's just silly, downright silly. It's, it's not going to, you know, people, do they mistrust the media? They may, and maybe they have good reason for it, or they just do it because somebody else told them to do it. Or they just hear in the echo chamber that, you know, the media is out to get them. But it won't, in the long run, I don't think in this case, I don't even think it will work in the short run. I just think it is so short-sighted, and that Mr. Shear should take step back and take a look at what, you know, he's being convinced is necessary. Because I don't think it is. I think it's just, it's just downright like I say, silly. I, I know this is an imitation, a situation of art imitating life, but I just watched probably about the fourth time uh, the movie The Post uh, with uh, with Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. It was about the Washington Post, of course, in the Pentagon Papers. Uh, and then, of course, you juxtapose that with uh, with what happened with Watergate. Uh, where would they, the United States be without media uncovering the corruption of, of those situations and those governments? Uh, where would the Ontario voters be if it hadn't been for the work of the media that uncovered the gas plant and the orange scandal and e-health and on and on it goes? It's that, those are media-driven. Uh, the, you know, it, it's a, it defies logic to suggest that the media are the enemy of the people. They are the ones who work for the people. Well, I'll tell you right now, Bill, and you'll, you'll, your listeners will certainly in the, in the, out in the rural areas, smaller towns will agree, a lot of the smaller papers have been shut down. And already people are saying, we're not finding out what's going on. We're not finding out what's going on in our town. We're not finding out where our politicians are up to, what council's doing, what bylaws are passing, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's happening now. And people, I think, in certain areas are appreciating it more than others, that the media plays an integral part in their community. That's what it is. There are politicians who would love to suppress the media, who would love to vilify the media and discredit the media so that people don't trust them. But do they not understand, Richard, that that's step one in trying to control the message? So that we will do this, you will only believe what we say, because anything the media says about our message is going to be evil and untrue. I mean, that's, that's Orwellian, but there are people that want to follow along like lemmings and, fo- and believe that. Well, when that happens, everybody will be a mushroom, and you know the rest of the line. Uh, it's just, you have, the media is not perfect. I'm not suggesting that for one minute. Did I make mistakes in my 43 years? Absolutely. But, you know, for the most part, I didn't. And for the most part, I did my level best. And if you ask anybody that I covered in politics, I had 
six or five, five premiers show up at my retirement party of all stripes. And I treated them all the same. Some would say badly, but, you know, cruel but fair. That's what reporters do. They're not always going to write something that you like, but, you know, they're always, when I always did a story, when I was always asking a question to somebody, I'm from Brantford in Brant County, as you know, and I would always think, I wonder what the folks back in Brant County would ask if they were standing here. And every reporter is always thinking about what would people be thinking, what matters to them at the end of the day when it's something I write. And if that question makes the politician uncomfortable, well, that's too bad. That's that's the game. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's the bottom line of this the whole thing. You, if you're going to go into politics, you're going to get you're, uh, the opposition. You're going to get critics, and you're going to get media covering you. It's it's not going to be fantasy land. This is way the way it is. You'll have good days, and you'll have bad days. Hopefully, more good days than bad. Well, and, you know, if we're going to be skeptical, I mean, be skeptical of elected officials right now. They just, you know, they have their four or five talking points on every issue, and they don't stray from those. Uh, and they don't want anybody who's going to knock them off their game because they just want to stick to those points because that's what makes them look good, and that's the message they want to get out. It's the media's job to peel back those layers and say, what's really going on here, and is this really a, a good policy or a good idea? And obviously politicians are going to resent that, and now we're seeing how they're pushing back on it. Just recently, right, at your, in, in Hamilton itself, Mr. Scrow was running for uh, in the mayoral race. He wanted the spectator to take down an opinion piece that somebody had written, and I forget who it was now, that was critical of him. Mm-hmm. Because he said it was, it, it was paid for advertising. What? That's, again, here's a guy that's running for mayor and doesn't know the difference between, you know, paid advertising and an opinion piece. Well, the fact of the matter is, as you did through your career, it's it's a matter of, of no matter who is in power, of questioning, always questioning. And because in the absence of that, uh, I hate to think what our society would evolve to. We've seen other countries where that's happened, and it's not a pretty picture. I don't even want to think about it, Bill. Richard, as always, thanks so much for the time today. Thank you. Bye-bye. Richard Brennan, of course, who uh, covered Queen's Park and uh, Parliament Hill for many, many years. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.